0: All right, Richard, we've done it. Have we? We made it to the end of the first season.
1: Hooray! No more Trek about. Forever.
0: No, we still got plenty of Trek about. Oh. The t- 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 People are going to delete the RSS feed from their reader. Don't do that. Oh,
1: but, but then they can clear it out for new things. Other podcasts.
0: No, there are no other podcasts. There's what? only Trek about. What about cartridge blowers? Cartridge what? I've never heard of that. Or Dialogue Tree? Dialogue Tree is a good show. I've heard about that I've one. I've subscribed to it. So have I. Hooray. So what did you think about Operation Annihilate?
1: I don't get why it's called that.
0: Yeah, the title is not good.
1: The title has nothing to do with the episode.
0: Um, I actually have an alternate title for this episode for you. Okay. How do you solve a problem like Deneva? <laughs> right? Because the name of the planet was Deneva. Was it? Yeah. Well, you
1: see, if I'd paid attention to that, I might have laughed at the joke. <sighs>
0: Well, I'll tell you that our listeners thought that was very funny.
1: Yes. Oh my God, I love that Geneva joke. It was funny because I didn't expect it to happen.
0: Well, yes. Thank you, Bullet Bill five four three eight one. He doesn't listen to the show. It's not three hours long. Oh, you're right. So, what did you think about this episode?
1: Um, I liked it until I realized that they had no idea what to do with it. I can kind of see that. I thought a lot of the I thought the episode made a lot of fascinating implications. It went through a lot of uh to a very i i it it, it it implied some very interesting concepts and at the end it just left it all for a boy you spock weird joke. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, the the pacing of this episode is very strange. I like it. It's one of those episodes um that Every time I watch it, I remember it, but I sort of forget about it again. Like, once I've watched it, it just sort of gets erased from my memory. Okay. And all I really remember of it is, you know, the the, the giant brain cells like flying around and attacking Spock. The kimchi dumplings, yes. Yeah. Uh, which are really creepy, by the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, they did a really cool thing with that. Um, but it seemed to me that they had this setup and they didn't, like, whoever wrote the episode, and I, I don't remember who wrote the episode um you know the scriptwriter for this seems to like didn't figure out what was going on or how to make this an interesting episode until about like halfway through it because they set it up as like there's this wave of insanity that's been going from colony to colony for like the past century and nobody knows what's causing it and then spock you know they beam down and they find that uh all the inhabitants of the planet are like missing or they don't, you know, they're just like hiding out in their apartments or whatever. And they find, uh, you know, Kirk's brother and his wife and, and, and son, uh, not, not Kirk's son, Kirk's brother's son. Uh, Kirk does not have a son
1: yet. Shh,
0: spoilers. <laughs> um, also, how do you know that? Oh, Cause I, s- yeah, you've seen Star Trek too. Yeah. Um, so, which does not invalidate the experiment. Just because Richard has seen Star Trek 2. well, uh, put that. Okay, there.
1: This wasn't an experiment. It's not like we were doing this with any scientific rigor or anything. No, it like is that. an
0: experiment. What are you? I, I have you hooked up to electrodes right now. Well,
1: I thought those were just for fun. You know, I thought you gave that to all of your guests.
0: Well, I've always said that torturing you was fun. Yeah. Um, Which was very mean. <laughs> I'm so, not
1: happy about that. I don't like it. Please stop.
0: I'm having fun. So, so Spock gets attacked, and, and, and basically what happens is they've got these, like, giant brain cells that fly around and, like, latch onto your back. Um, and then they sort of, like... Puppet masters. It, yeah, like, it, they have, like, these tentacles that go into you, and it causes, like, immense pain. And, they, you know, immense pain would cause you to, to basically go insane, um, which, you know, could happen. Sure, why not?
1: Yeah, it gives them orders, and if they don't follow the orders, it basically tortures them until they do whatever it is they're supposed to be doing.
0: Right, and the implication is that these creatures are link together telepathically or something and they they create like an intelligence but one-on-one they're just sort of like ants
1: yeah they talk about which is which according to Douglas Hofstadter, is how intelligence forms in general but um right he you know they're suggesting that this is part of one larger organism and that this is the brain cells of it
0: right so where does the larger organism we don't know um, and for the first, like, I would say the first 30 minutes or so, the episode is, is enjoyable. It's got some nice locations shooting. Uh, um, I, I, I looked up where they shot this. And was it a sh- college? No, they actually shot it on a, a campus for like a tech company. Okay. Um, that, that was purpose-built mm-hmm. for that, like, in the 50s, I think. So it does have that sort of, like, mid-20th century, what the future is going to look like yeah, look yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really nice. I, I liked the the location shooting quite a bit. Yeah,
1: it looked very... It looked like an academic-type thing to me, so, which is why I guess college. But yeah, that makes yeah. sense.
0: Uh, and then, you know, Spock gets attacked by these things, and there's, like, weird things happening. And, and, you know, Spock is sort of, like, in a lot of pain, but he's able to break through it because of his Vulcan training. And... It that's all well and good and it's entertaining and it's a fun, you know, a- episode. And then like, you can almost see the wheels turning. And in the fir- like in the five minutes after that, suddenly it becomes this episode with like these immense stakes because Kirk decides that he has to stop this. And he has either, he has two options. He has destroy the planet. Basically, I guess by like aerial bombarding it from, from orbit uh, and killing everyone there, and then killing all the creatures as well. Yeah. Uh, Or, what What was the second choice he had? Or curing it. Or curing it, right. Um. So,
1: they're, they're, they're figuring out that this is... So, at the beginning of the, the... What they figure out, at the beginning of the episode, somebody is basically th- thrusting a ship into the sun, and he says, oh, I'm free from it. You know, that killed it. So, they theorize that immense light can kill this thing. So, they capture one. They... Give it the brightness that they, you know, would the sun would have given, and it does.
0: It's really weird because the whole episode is set up as sort of like a mystery, yeah. but it it doesn't really ever become clear what exactly the mystery is until about like the episode is almost over. Like it's 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 almost kind of like a good version of the alter, alternative factor, if you know what I mean, because the mystery there is never well explained and it's sort of ham-fisted and the plotting is all wrong and it's very padded and all the, that episode is just basically, you know, uh, I don't think you could save that episode. (laughs) Um, And this Uh, one, another
1: freak out sequence would save it. Yeah.
0: What a sixth one. Yeah. Uh, But at this episode, I think it's interesting because, you know, it, it, it sort of has some of the same, issues where but it's 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 presented a little more logically and the end of it while i don't necessarily know that the breakthrough that kirk has with oh well we've tried radio the the, the thing is they're 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 focusing on the sun as the the causal agent of, of killing this thing yeah and mccoy and spock have honed in on the the radiation or the heat and neither one has really done anything to this creature And then, of course, the breakthrough comes when Kirk is like, oh, you're missing something. Like, what other property does the sun have? Does a star have light? It has light. And it seems like it sort of comes out of nowhere. Um, But it
1: definitely doesn't because they also talk about how it's coming through the vents and the creatures are staying in shadow. So it is kind of a little bit earned. It could have been foreshadowed a bit better. There could have been another clue or two in there. But I thought it was... It didn't come out completely out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. Like, I find this, like, I like this episode, but I think it's a little bit frustrating because if they had had a couple more rewrites, I think this could have become, like, a really iconic classic episode. And it just, it doesn't quite get there.
1: Well, what pisses me off about the episode is, so so they they find out that Light kills this. So Spock is infected by this, and he's saying, all right, well, we have to try this on me because that way if... You know, if if a, a gigantic burst of light works on me, then it will work on the other people, and that will kill everybody. So, you know, let's start this. And they're saying, okay, well, they have these goggles that, you know, are protecting the eyes, and Spock's like, well, no, the people won't have eye protectants on, so I shouldn't. And, but they're like, but that'll blind you. I don't care, I have to... So they put this experiment on him, and it kills the thing, but it does blind him. Now, let me ask you a question. Why doesn't he just try it once with the goggles on they burst the light if it doesn't work they're no worse off than they were before but he wouldn't have been immediately blinded you know what i mean
0: i think the theory there is he wants to have as much he wants to replicate the conditions on the planet as much as possible and if they're only going to get one shot at this because they are only get, going to get one shot at this either the light kills the creature or it doesn't uh
1: but if it doesn't kill the creature then they and they figure okay well maybe the light needs to go through the eyes and kill the but, creature they can try it again with the light damaging the eyes
0: but what you, what you're missing there is that there's there's, a, there's an equal or greater chance that the creature would be killed and then you know what where do you go from that and then you figure right?
1: okay well some amount of light it doesn't need to be completely exposing everything we can put this on you know even people who aren't completely exposed to the light you know will be able to
0: I don't know. And then, of course, it's like they don't have enough time to – I mean, well, then what, ha- how much – they don't – there's, what, 400 people on this ship. If they have to distribute a million pairs of goggles, I mean, this, it's not feasible. Like, it's just not feasible.
1: Well, don't – okay, but if it were just that, that would be one thing. Later, they are – then Spock gets blinded. Two minutes later, the nurse comes in with the results of the test – From the creature, and then they realize, oh, the creature was killed by the ultraviolet radiation. We didn't have to—why didn't they wait the two minutes to get the results from the creature No, I agree with you. That really bothered me because that was just laziness. Like McCoy realizes instantly upon seeing that, so then they could have said, oh, well, it just needs ultraviolet light. They also talk about, which is very interesting in light of current handicap laws Spock is a blind. This thing, Spock's the best first officer. If he's blind, that's going to be the end of his career. That I found very interesting, especially in light of Next Generation, where they do have a blind character on the ship.
0: Well, he's blind, but he's not blind. Well,
1: I, I know there's a thing that I don't know, but things and stuff. Eric, no,
0: there's there. Stuff. I mean, okay, so I, I think there's a couple things there. Number one, of course, is that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that that's a plot hole. I don't think that is it's not that well formed. And
1: yeah, the, I I get that you need to get Spock blinded, and this needs to be ultraviolet, but it felt the way they went about it was very sloppy. I I
0: don't know if you do need to have Spock blinded. I just think that that you know maybe they needed to have something to take up two minutes because the episode was running short. I mean, we don't know, and that's that's one of the issues I have with with the episode is that while it is it's a good, I mean it it's it's a good episode and sort of towards the end it ratchets up and it, it becomes i think it's more this episode is like the it, the the whole is greater than the sum of his parts um i think the character work mm-hmm. in the episode really elevates it because i think if you have this same script without these characters it wouldn't be nearly as interesting if this was just like a twilight zone episode or yeah. something um and, yeah, I think that things like that throughout the episode don't really work. And, again, the the material isn't quite there. It isn't quite up to snuff. Uh, but it's still emin- eminently watchable, and I think it's still a very enjoyable episode.
1: See, there's two other issues that I have with it. Number one is that Spock is blind, but they immediately snap him back by just inventing a facet of Vulcan biology. Oh, but it, And, like I said, it ends in a, boy, is Vulcan biology weird punchline. That just kind of felt like, well, you just gave me this tragedy, and 30 seconds later, you undid it. Now, Star Trek, we'll see in the next episode, does that. But that one was at least set up. This one just felt, again, came out of nowhere. Well,
0: again, that's what I'm—I don't think we're disagreeing. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think that there are problems with this episode.
1: A lot of it is—and I, I know I talk about if the show is made today, and another one, let's give this an arc.
0: Well, you haven't talked about it in a while, so let's bring not? it up. No? Oh.
1: This is the series arc. This is the big bad. This is, they talk about some gigantic organism. These are its brain cells, let's say. What happens to the planets that are infected by its blood cells? And what happens to the planets that are affected by its muscle cells? Now, not only are, in each season, you could have it culminating towards something like that. You have some standalone arcs, and then somewhere this organism is tacked. So they have to find out what is the nature of this, and what is this coming? You have the... You have almost all of the themes of Star Trek encompassed in this thing, weird you know, creatures that nobody has understood before and trying to understand it. Diplomacy versus attack. When do you make peace? When do you fight something? What do you have when you have the last of an alien species that's trying to kill everything? How do you rationalize that? Well, Cooperation. I think that given this is a series arc would be very interesting.
0: I think – okay. So there's a couple things there that I want to respond to. Uh number 1 I think totally you're right. Yeah. Uh, the the fact that they do postulate that this these creatures are, you know, in effect the the single cells of a brain of a much larger organism. Uh and that they just sort of don't even talk about the fact that perhaps this is sentient like we don't know. Yeah. Um you know. What
1: what are they they're controlling people but there seems to be no goal that they're controlling them to. And I, when, right. when Spock's thing the the thing is controlling him to take over the ship. I mean that very specific, you know if he's saying it wants the ship, it wants the ship that implies that it has a goal, and then they just ultraviolet it, and that's the end of everything
0: i mean maybe you could you could argue there that uh you know it while it's it's an intelligence it's not to the level of sentience of course, and that you know it it it's it's dependent on the whims of you know solar winds or whatever to get where it's going and You know, the fact of the matter is it's ended up on these backwater colony planets for the past century that it's gotten stuck on and has nowhere to go. Um, Of course. You know, so I think in that sense, that is a problem because, of course, you know, from a couple episodes ago, The Devil in the Dark, we sort of elevated Star Trek to the level of, yes, we are going to respect life. We are going to try and communicate with it if we find out that it is sentient or even if it's intelligent, maybe not sentient. uh, We're not going to hurt it needlessly. Yeah. Now, this is a bit... And, and But I don't think that this is... You know, I was about to say I think it's a bit different than Devil in the Dark, but it's really not because in that episode, the Horta was attacking miners and killing them in the same way that this thing is attacking people yep. and not killing them, but taking them over and causing them needless pain. Yeah. But we don't know why it's doing that in the same way that we didn't know why the Horta was doing what it was doing. So yeah. the fact that they basically don't even think about bringing that up... Is a problem with the episode, and if you center the script around that question instead of how do we kill this thing, Spock yeah. goes blind, we need to come up with a way to like keep a couple minutes in the episode that's not there, it could have been a stronger episode,
1: yeah. Again, the concept of a series arc didn't really exist here, but I can see so many aspects tying into this. Maybe they need to talk to the Metrons in order to communicate with this thing that is so above them, you know, maybe they need to use. Uh, what? what uh, what's his name? The, the Napoleon guys, energy beings, to do some kind of containment on Trelane, this. To be yeah, out. like there are so many ways that they could re- You know, well, how could Baylock help? Like I, I which, could see, I could see everything tying into this. Is the most fascinating and gigantic thing that I think Star Trek could deal with, and they just put it in an episode.
0: Which is interesting because in our in the in the next episode we will cover the 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 first episode of the second season they do a little bit more of that world building with that throwaway yeah. line about the Klingons. The Klingons don't appear in the episode. They have nothing to do with it. They haven't been seen since Errant of mercy, but they just have this throwaway line in there to remind you that the Klingons yeah. are there and they are a threat. I think that's interesting. And that's something that the show doesn't do that much. Uh, but I want to get back to this idea of a series arc and sort of how television is constructed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if that sounds deadly boring to you, then maybe you just need to turn this off right now because yeah, this course. is going to be a few minutes. But
1: put it this way. If the phrase J. Michael Straczynski's Star Trek doesn't send chills up your spine, you don't really want to listen to the next discussion. Yeah, <laughs> it
0: sends chills up my spine, but probably for a different reason than you. Um, but you know what I mean. I know like what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, I, I want you to I want to challenge you to think about television construction because. You're using the terms ARC. Yeah. You, you, you've used serialization before. You've used Big Bad, which is, of course, a thing from Buffy the Vampire yeah, yeah, Slayer. Yeah. These are not the same things. And I think that there is a – I think there's a misunderstanding of what serialization is in television as opposed to what an ARC is. Okay. Um, because you can have a serialized television show without an ARC. Of course. And you can have an ARC-based television show without serialization. And you I can can't... have an anthology show. I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, while each season had an arc, it was not a serialized show.
1: Explain how that is.
0: Okay, because seriali- serialization... Yeah, well,
1: let, let, let's define our terms, then. Well,
0: I mean, serializ- serialization basically boils down, in my mind, to this concept. It's a television show where each episode is building on the previous one in such a way that... All of the episodes, they they can't be watched in any order. They have to be watched in the order in which they were intended to be watched. And also that, and this is a problem I find with a lot of television shows nowadays, is that the idea of constructing a good episode of television is not there. And so what you find with a lot of serialized television shows nowadays is that they work as extremely long movies. But if you were just going to sit down and watch one episode not only would it not make any sense, and that's not really what I'm talking about, it's that dramatically it's not effective because they don't construct it on that 45-minute basis. It's just this like piece of a much larger puzzle. Now, that's that's fine. I think that's a fine choice if that's what you want to do. But I think a lot of TV shows now, and I'm thinking about Lost, I'm thinking about... um, The Walking Dead, you know, things like that, which are serialized. And they don't necessarily need to be because I don't feel like they construct their individual episodes well.
1: Okay, then that makes sense. I mean, I was recently watching uh, Arrested Development where each episode has the typical sitcom structure of here's the problem we're dealing with this week.
0: Here, that's a great example of a show that is serialized and has no arc.
1: Really now, explain no arc because
0: what what arc does the show have? I mean, I feel certainly it, it's it has a,
1: loose, a it's a loose one. What? Why was uh, George Bluth arrested? Was he really why, Was he really responsible for the um you know building homes in Iraq and stuff like? Okay, that? but if that's and who was behind it all? And now most of the ep- no, many wait wait of the wait episodes... if that's
0: if that's an arc, then what's the difference between an arc and a plot? Then I mean, then I, there I, is I, well, no difference. I I th- I, I, th- I, think, I I think I think it
1: depends on. I mean, there, there's a difference between a plot and a premise. I think an arc is closer to a plot than it is to a premise.
0: The well, no, I want you to explain the difference and What yeah, is yeah, yeah. what is the difference in your mind between an arc and a plot?
1: I, there, there is little little difference.
0: So why use the term arc at all? I mean, this is my question because because there could be most... I, I, this I'm, question of this question of television arcs and this kind of thing, I, I think you trace it back to a couple points. You trace it back to Babylon 5. You trace it back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I trace right? it
1: back to Twin Peaks and... Twin Peaks, sure. A little, also, you can, you can trace X-Files it back... I know X-Files
0: is when the term really started getting popular. X-Files, you can trace it back to... You can trace it back to like miniseries from the 70s and 80s. I mean, you can trace it back to soap operas. You know, yeah. all these kind of things things. things um in my mind arrested development doesn't have an arc because there's no build-up right like there's no sense of we're starting out from a lower point and going to a higher point then we're going back to a lower point where the next season will start again right because i think buffing the vampire slayer is a perfect example Mm -hmm. of an arc-based show that is not serialized because I don't know if you I mean you you've watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Um you you know that the show has a lot of standalone episodes. And it's not serialized because for a lot of time, you know, the the, the show has in itself a defined period of time that it takes place in because it's always the school year, the American yeah. school year, it starts in September or August and ends in May. The summers are not covered, and then you know we play this catch-up game at the beginning of each season,
1: which is similar to how when the show was aired, I believe. Yeah, and
0: it's similar to a lot of TV which is shows. How, yeah, I would
1: say that's how a lot of shows. That's how
0: are a distracted. lot of American TV shows operate. Um, but there's no seri- serialization there because you can watch a lot of those episodes in any order, and while there is a. While there is a lot of stuff there that is building on itself from episode to episode, each episode is still constructed to be dramatically satisfying in, in that one 45-minute period. And it has two-parters. And I would argue that any show that has two-parters can't be serialized. Because if you have two-parters, the show isn't serialized. Like Breaking Bad, for example, which is a heavy serialized show, yeah, doesn't do two-parters.
1: No, but I... I... See, I think Buffy does have se- – the, s- the series arc of Buffy, I would say, dealing with all of this how is Buffy the Chosen One, what is the Chosen One's responsibilities, plus just the general coming of age of this woman, um her going from being a young teenager to you know an adult. That is kind of what – and each of the seasons could be seen to represent a different stage in a person's development. I mean, plenty has been written on this. Each season is dealing with a challenge that they have at the end. And I believe that it's episodic but also serialized at the same time. You can remove a lot of episodes from the season-long arc. That's part of the fact that this was the late 90s when it was started and heavy arc-based television wasn't. Okay,
0: but let me stop you right here, and I think this is why you're not understanding what I mean by serialization. Buffy is not serialized because serialized television, there is no sense that any time has passed between individual episodes. But I would and say there is. Beginning. In Buffy, there is there is a sense that we don't know when these episodes take place Are you sh- a lot of times because, yes, the show, the show – and this is the problem with a lot of shows like that from the early 90s. I think Babylon 5 suffers from this as well where mm-hmm. – People argue that these shows are sort of like the precursors to serialization. And I mean, compare how the compare the experience of watching Buffy to the experience of watching Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is a continuous, no I'm time s- span. And I mean, the four seasons of Breaking Bad that we've seen so far, um, four and a half, I guess, yeah, took place in about a year. And with Buffy, you don't get a sense of that urgency. You don't get a sense that the episode, the, the episode is the beginning of any episode is picking up immediately from the end of the previous episode, unless it's a two-parter. And I don't think that you can have a serialized, a serialized show unless those things are there.
1: I don't know. I think it, 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 I, I I would disagree just in the sense that if you take the parts which are contributing towards the arc, there is a sense of... You know, this happened before this. They figured this out before that. I mean, you... you but
0: again, you can have an arc without serialization.
1: Now, I explain... I, I
0: I mean, you can. I mean... Okay. The first season of Babylon 5 is not serialized. But, I mean, but it I, definitely has an arc.
1: But I assume that... I thought the concept of the arc does deal with the where that arc is in time. I mean, it does deal with... You sure,
0: it does. But what I'm saying is, you know, you can watch pretty much any episode of the first couple seasons of Babylon five. Yeah. You can kind of get away with watching it in pretty much any order. Yeah. But there are only a few episodes that are sort of these like keystones that you have to watch at certain points. And if that's the case, I can't see that the show is serialized because it's certainly not the case like breaking bad where you, you can't watch breaking bad out of order. It, you just can't, I mean, it would make absolutely no sense. I,
1: I I think, there's a. I think we need to. I I I think where you're seeing a blind spot is you're not taking into account degrees of serialization. Where Buffy could be extremely loosely or lightly serialized. In that, again, you have some of the episodes are more important to watch in a certain order than others. Breaking Bad is extremely heavily serialized, where you have to watch every single episode from the beginning to the end.
0: Yeah, sure. Something but I mean... like
1: um Six Feet Under is a little in the middle because while the characters are developing in certain ways. The exact plots of each episode, for the most part, it doesn't matter when they're happening. It's not a heavily plot-based show sure, in the sense that there's a mystery they're solving or anything like that. But let's bring this
0: back to Breaking Bad then, because I don't think that Breaking Bad has an arc, but Breaking Bad is serialized. Because an arc implies that there is some sort of foreplanning to it, and... You know, Buffy is an arc based show, I, w- whether it's serialized or not. I mean, you know, we could argue that for the next hour. But while each season has an arc to to Buffy and that was was pretty much planned out. I mean, they knew from the yeah. beginning of the season what the big bad of each season was going to be. They they kind of knew how they were going to get there. Yeah. Um, Babylon 5 is very arc based. They definitely, you know, J. Michael Traczynski planned that show out to it to an alarming degree, I think. <laughs> um and so I think that there's a level of there's a level of pre-planning there that has to be involved in an arc-based show to get you from the the bottom of that arc to, to the top of the arc and then back down to the bottom of the arc again. Whereas with a show like Breaking Bad, which is really serialized, I don't think there's any sense that, you know, aside from a very 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 loose And I was going to say it's know, a loose. How does Walter the- White starts out here? Yeah. How does he get here? That's not really an arc though, because there but, there there is no middle to this arc, and you know I would there's say the middle it's, is, it's because it's a the plot i mean if you think that Breaking Bad has an arc, then every show has an arc because every show has a plot,
1: not necessarily i mean look at a sh- let's look let's look at Star Trek as the original series as it is. Episode uh, allowing for the fact that allowing for changes as they wrote the show and changes in production style and more world building, which I would say don't ha- uh, are are do more to production issues than anything intentional in the show. Um Kirk on episode one and Kirk on the very last episode are pretty much the same character. We're not taking as it doesn't matter whether you know I say oh well this is a Kirk who's met the Metrons this is a Kirk who's you know found the Horta. But really, he, that isn't Kirk who's done all of those things. It does it, Kirk in every episode is a blank slate. These are archetypes rather than characters in a lot of ways. So, uh, I would say Star Trek ha- Star Trek definitely has no arc. Breaking Bad has a ver- has a small arc in the sense of here is a bunch of characters who are this way. Here is the things that gradually happens as they're bouncing off of each other and doing different things where they get to and here and. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think that, yeah, he figured that, okay, in season two, these things are going to happen, in season three, this is going to happen, and then he's going to meet this guy. And when he sat down to write it, he probably didn't have anything more than just general ideas trying to figure them in. That being said, I'm sure he figured, okay as this goes on he's going to be this criminal overlord and as this go on this is what's going to happen to him at the end you know which as as of the time of this recording we have not seen the last half of the last season of breaking bad so please do not write us letters from the future spoiling us. yes please don't do that because we're really excited about we're very
0: we're very blatantly not saying anything about the plots of any of these shows so if you've never seen them you can enjoy them
1: yeah nothing that the advertising won't tell you um
0: yeah no, i mean to bring this back around to star trek because yeah. we've sort of been talking about this for a long time oh yeah uh, y- 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 i understand where you're getting where you're coming from uh i i think again and this will be a very interesting conversation to have once we get to deep space nine yeah um, because you know, people say that Deep Space Nine is kind of the the Star Trek show that that, that flirted the most with serialization, which I'm
1: looking forward to that. Yeah,
0: and it definitely does. Um, but I think there's another aspect to serial, serialization here, which is you know the the infamous reset button, which Star Trek is infamous for. Yeah. The idea that at the end of an episode we go back to ground zero and. Uh, there, there is no consequences to anything that's happened in a previous episode. Basically, the way that the characters come into the episode is yep. the way that they leave the episode, and that's kind of what Star Trek is. Not necessarily the case with Deep Space Nine, which is interesting.
1: Um, yeah, at the end of the episode of Star Trek, lear- they learn some lesson usually, but we, but,
0: but we can see that in this episode yeah. where the when Spock comes into the episode, he is not blind. When Spock leaves the episode, he is not blind. Yeah. I mean, this is what this is. This is kind of like the most the most blatant, you know, clear yeah. example of that 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 you can get right now. I mean, a physical injury uh can't yeah. stay. Uh And I understand your point that, yes, maybe the episode would have been stronger if they had said, hey, you know what? Maybe we should talk to the Metrons. Maybe we should go talk to the Organians, you know. Yeah. Wh- you know, whatever. I don't know. And again, um, this is
1: me talking about from a part of the reason I'm. I, I am taking into this is I don't take anything in Star Trek as sacred, not even the reset button. I am again I and I don't
0: think that you should take the reset button no. as sacred. I in fact it's hate a, the reset yeah. button. It's a way. So. I mean,
1: it's. I think looking at this show with the lens of if this show were made today, what were the what would be the problems we have with that? Because I mean. We're looking. We're watching shows like Two Broke Girls, and we're saying like, "Oh well, nothing really happens in that show," and you know, it's making these problems, and they don't really understand what an arc, you know, how to arc it, and things like that. Well,
0: here's, I mean, here's my problem with the reset button is that, you know, I always talk about I like Star Trek when the stakes, stakes are high, yeah. and you like Star Trek when the stakes are high. The stakes are, are quite high in this episode, I think, because, of course, in any episode where, you know, and the stakes are not high in the sense that the Enterprise is going to be destroyed or the Federation is going to war mm-hmm. or any of the other things that we've seen in, in, in the previous, you know, uh, yeah. 29 episodes that we've watched. But for the inhabitants of of, of Deneva, they're, they're certainly high um, because they could all die if they can't find a cure for this, uh, you know, brain thing. But, uh, you know, at the same time, The problem that I have with the reset button is that it erases any concept of stakes. Yeah. Because if you know that whatever happens in an episode has to be basically undone at the end of it, you know, that can work for an anthology show like start like the original series. Um, But once you start getting into later iterations of the franchise, it becomes more of an issue because there's this expectation that shows don't do that anymore. Um and I think if you treat if you treat the original series and especially if you treat Operation Annihilate as just a set piece and an anthology yeah. series that has consistent characters and a consistent setting, but things don't really yeah. build on each other aside from very small things. This episode is is lacking because of other issues, Perhaps oh, yes, not it's still because not a good issue. E-
1: episode i mean you i you have to kind of view it as almost a committee the art type of thing, you know, the brave captain and the you know logical first mate and all of those. and you know, in this week's adventure, they're doing this, but it doesn't really matter what you know they're stock characters, really, yeah, that they've made out of them, especially given how iconic all of them are they've become even more legendary
0: but i think that's interesting because you know one of the things that i said before we got into that whole long discussion about uh, television theory and i'm, I'm sorry uh <laughs> or you're welcome <laughs> or you're welcome maybe i don't know maybe that's what they come here for mm. um
1: wow the latest episode of truck about has a television theory discussion thank you billet bill five two eight six three
0: uh is that you know, you're saying that these characters are archetypes, and I I, I don't disagree with you. Um, but at the same time, I th- I I think that the characterizations in this episode do elevate the material because, like I said, I can definitely see this sort of uh, this this basic plot line being in the Twilight Zone yeah. and sort of being ah oh, this is funny, it's twenty five minutes long, and this is great. Um, but once you get it to the the 50 minute level and you make it into a full blown hour series you need to do something with it. And while they don't really do anything with it, yeah. You do get a lot of interesting nice stuff there with with McCoy and with um with Spock and I mean that that you know whether or not you like the thing about Spock going blind, it's a really powerful character moment for the three of them because oh, yeah. McCoy is 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 horrified. You know, you can obviously tell that that Kirk is 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 deeply upset and, and it, like he's angry at McCoy. Yeah. And he sort of allows himself to forgive him. And Spock is Spock. Spock I mean, knows
1: he, again, he made the acceptable risk. Spock views himself as just as expendable as anybody.
0: Yeah. And yes, it is all undone by the fact that, that Spock is not blind at the end, but You know, I mean, it's kind of things like that where you just have to you have to take what you get. Basically, you take the bad, you take the good,
1: take them both. And get you get an Operation Annihilate.
0: I think the other thing that that we haven't touched on yet um, in this episode is Kirk's family. And why that's in this episode at all, because it doesn't really have anything to do with anything.
1: No, I mean, that's one of those. I got real again. Another thing I felt like they set up and they just didn't really know what to do with fine. Meeting Kirk's family is fascinating because I don't know anything about his backstory and any legendary starship captain who has a family. That's going to be interesting because it humanizes him. It It gives him a past how did you how do you go to become Captain Kirk? What do you what what is your family life like? What is your childhood like to become that? That's something that's interesting. And you know, all we see is his brother's dead by the time they get here. He obviously knows his sister-in-law very well. Like he recognizes her voice immediately, you know, and she's excited, you know, she's happy to see him. But all they're talking about is, you know, plot things. They're not really, you know, that's that's about as far as that goes. Uh, his nephew is in a coma for the entirety of the episode, and—
0: Yeah, there's no real sense that they're actually family. Yeah, you know, he because says, you
1: know, my family, I'm worried about them. That's my nephew. You've got to save him. You know, my sister in laws dead. My brother is dead. But that's about it. It's generic. It doesn't give you—they're not personalized.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you don't have a brother. You're an only child. But, you know, I have a brother, yeah. and— you know, if I walked into a room and I saw him lying on the floor dead or unconscious, yeah. I think I would have a much stronger reaction than the one Kirk has.
1: And he, even allowing for the fact that Kirk is, has to be business right now and he has to shut yeah. that part of himself. I mean, plenty of people in, you know, real life, not even in combat, in just doctors and nurses type situation, you see, you know, a loved one in physical danger. You just do it, you know, and you just pay. Not even that, you know, parents.
0: I mean, you know. That. But aside from that, I mean, I think, you know, yeah. in terms of, you know, why they're even in this episode, I, I think that yeah. there was sort of, I mean, I kind of get the impression from, from their inclusion in this episode that um, more was supposed to be done with them, perhaps. And um, there actually was a scene that they filmed that didn't make it into the episode, which okay. was supposed to end it, I believe, where Kirk says goodbye to um, his sister-in-law. Uh, yeah. which didn't make it into the episode for whatever reason. And maybe that would have changed our our opinion of, of this little yeah. plot detail um, or these characters in this episode. But I can kind of see what they were trying to do with yeah. this, where they were trying to bring this into the episode to give it some sort of like grounding for Captain Kirk, to make it more of a personal episode for Shatner. And you know, to, to, to heighten the stakes for the early part of the episode, because how I, you know, how I said that the episode doesn't really find its footing until about halfway through, you know, maybe if they had done a better job in grounding it in that, in that that reality, then, you know,
1: Kirk has one brother. You have one shot to do, you know, to, especially if you're, if you're killing him off, you have one shot to do that. You can only kill Fox brother, uh, Kirk's brother once. Kirk can have a million people who, you know, this guy and his wife were people that he knew at starfleet academy and you know the three of them were best friends back then you know they got married and had a kid he knows the family very well and you know they're no less dear to him because they they obviously want to give a personal stake you just have planet that's going to be destroyed is very faceless but these people are but but they don't have to be they can just be someone he has just any kind of personal connection yeah. to you know this is an ex-girlfriend of his that it didn't work with but you know she got married again someone yeah.
0: he went to the academy with an old professor I mean whatever
1: I, I, yeah there's there's any anything his mother's
0: hairdresser from Iowa I mean it could have been anybody his
1: favorite chair maker I don't know yeah, there you go uh, yeah why they had to make it his brother because because. At that, they blew the wad. That's all of Spock's, fa- all of damn it, all of Kirk's family that they can do. Unless he has another brother and another brother and another brother every season, and they don't think about it. I maybe I don't know.
0: And yeah. I mean, and I do, you know. To, to cap this discussion off, I think it does um, do something that drives me crazy about uh, things in general. Um, at the cold open, um, where they're going to Denova, and McCoy says, "As you know, Kirk, yeah. your brother is stationed on Deneva. <laughs> and then it goes it's like really like yeah. wh- what I know it's just like we have to let the audience in on this but you could try and do it a little better than that
1: my brother's stationed on Deniva.
0: yeah have Kirk say it I mean yeah. why would McCoy know yeah right like like uh- Kirk
1: could very easily mention to you know or he or he can say you know look you know to her her, you know Try and contact so-and-so. Who's that? That's my brother. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Whatever.
0: All right. Well, we've been talking about this for a while, so should we triple it out? It's a
1: 5 triple episode. I
0: say five as well. Okay. We're on, we're on the same page on this one. All yeah. right, Richard. So we're done with that. that. I mean, we're done with all of it. So we talked about that for a lot longer than we <laughs> yeah. thought we were going to. <laughs> I love um, it. In lieu of continuing with the discussion of a muck time, uh, I think we should just kind of table that for next week. And, and
1: to our listeners from the UK, that means we're not going to do it.
0: Right. Yes. Good job. <laughs> uh, and I think what we'll do in that case, and actually this will work out well because um, this is kind of one of my little OCD things. I guess I have mild OCD. Um, I was calculating out, uh, you know, wh- wh- how when we would get to the end of the second season and the third and... season, this kind of thing. And um We were on an off thing because, of course, all television, most television series of this time have an even number of episodes. So by doing a muck time this episode, we were like always going to be off by one. So now that we're tabling a muck time until next week, we'll be back on track.
1: Okay. well, I'm glad. And then next season, when we only do one episode of one thing, then, you know, there'll be problems.
0: Yeah, we get to Enterprise and we just cover Enterprise in one episode. We'll be done. We're just like, okay, that was fine. We're done. All All four seasons of Enterprise in one episode of Trek about. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So since we have a little more time, uh, I want to ask you, Richard, um, Mm -hmm. now that we've covered the entire first season of this show, uh, you know, and you really have never had any experience with it before. And this has been new for you and seeing these episodes and meeting these characters and learning where they come from and, you know, learning where all this stuff started. How are you feeling about Star Trek?
1: You know, I feel very much that the show is one of those and and we said this earlier, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts because there've been a lot of really bad episodes, but uh uh the good ones have made it completely worthwhile like when the show is at its best it's it's got some really great character work, got some really imaginative scenes, some interesting set stuff. I mean, you can tell that they were did this on a shoestring and it but I found they did a lot of clever things with it um I see why the show is so popular. I it's one of those things that maybe I'm surprised that it became a thing, but I figure it just kind of fitted on its own success after a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll definitely we can definitely talk about the sort of phenomenon of Star Trek as we get into it. Um,
1: Because I think that would be interesting, and that's something that's interesting to study: just how phenomenons and popular things happen, and things become iconic because these things have become iconic. Every, pretty much every American, you say Captain Kirk, they know who you're going to say, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad to hear you say that. And I, I, I think one of the, one of the interesting things about, about Star Trek in general is, you know, it's, it's almost 50 years old. And, you know, for someone like you who doesn't watch much television from, from this time period, and in fact, maybe even actively dislikes it. I don't want to put words in your mouth. no. But... no
1: um, I mean, like I, 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 I don't watch that much. Like what I usually watch is like, I'll watch Dragnet. I'll watch the prisoner, you know, stuff like right. that. I have certain shows I watch, but for specific reasons, I won't, I, it's not what I'm interested in when I watch a show. Yeah.
0: Know? Yeah. But I think, you know, it, it, Star Trek has a lot of things that you can see even now, why yeah. they were, Why it had like if you like Star Trek, you really like Star Trek and I think you can see why, which I think is really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see it yet, but I know after it's anytime I talk to somebody about Star Trek. You know, you immediately, if they're they're a Trekkie, you find out within 30 seconds because they just keep talking. You know, I had a friend visiting me this weekend and mentioned, oh, yeah, I started a Star Trek podcast. Oh, man, well, the thing about Star Trek you need to know. And, you know, he's, like, just going over an overview of every series. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you know, people who do Star Trek are really do Star Trek. And, you know, a lot of people, when I've said, you know, I'm doing this, have gotten this delighted. I didn't know you were a Trekkie, you know.
0: And you're not.
1: I'm not. But—
0: I mean, that's the whole point of this show.
1: Yeah, which I have to explain it. And they're like, oh, but um,
0: it's a it's a high concept podcast. I guess there aren't many of them.
1: <laughs> Can we start fighting crime?
0: Uh, Don't we already do that?
1: Wink, wink. No, we don't.
0: Oh, you're right. I certainly didn't want to blow our cover. What cover?
1: Yeah, we well, don't, you, know, you know, you dress as, you know, mild mannered podcasters when we're really ca- all from the planet Bar, yeah, I'm certainly not wearing a cape right now. Yeah, in fact I'm not wearing
0: anything right now. I podcast naked much to Richard chagrin. um well now that's been uncomfortable for everyone, especially me. I think Please send
1: help or cookies, I don't care.
0: Uh maybe we should put a cap in this episode. Um I just will say that I'm glad that you stuck with it for these uh 15 episodes here this is our 15th episode wow and yeah i know (laughs) and i never
1: (laughs) i i if time travel existed i would punch the shit out of you when you suggested this experiment
0: and i i i know that you're not quite on board with star trek yet yeah um i hope you will be I i think you know it's funny because you know, we watched Amok Time because originally we were going to talk about it this week and we're pushing it to next yeah. week. And I had forgotten how the second season opens like really self-assuredly. And like it's much it's much, I think, stronger. Yeah. Right. Like even the second season, I think like the first season has some really classic episodes, some really, really great episodes. And we've talked about many of them. We've talked, we've talked about all the great episodes because we've talked about all the episodes from the first season. But I think as a season of television, um, the second season has fewer low lows. It feels like, and doesn't have, and it's not missing the high highs. Yeah. Which is nice.
1: I feel like, and you know, obviously we'll talk about this next week, but, uh, Season one was a show finding its own voice, and sometimes it did, but it didn't do so deliberately for the most part. It just did so because it accidentally figured out season two so far. That's a show that knows what it is and knows how to do it. Yeah. Everyone yeah. working on that episode was anyway, but I. We'll I, get to that next week. Yeah. But,
0: and then, of course, we get to the third season, which is a very. I'm excited. Thing. And we'll get into why that season isn't great when we get there. I'm very um,
1: excited.
0: And yeah, for all of you out there who have who have listened to these uh, these first fifteen episodes, thanks for going uh, with us and we're gonna continue on. We're soldiering on next week, starting with the second season.
1: Let me ask you one question. Now, what do you know when we're gonna have finished watching everything? I, I don't know. Okay.
0: I think it's like 2019 or something.
1: See, listeners, Eric, you have to know something about Eric and me. We are going to do every single one of those because we don't want to look wussy in front of the other. Exa- like, yeah. It, it, this, this is like you a are, very sad, weird version of chicken that we're doing. I was
0: about to say, you are, you are listening to and witnessing podcast chicken. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because we're gonna have that to hold over the other if we ever stop this like well you stopped in the middle of enterprise i'm just gonna do it tuvok he just wouldn't shut up
0: tuvok whoa that's quite the reference for you
1: i only know it because it's mentioned in an episode of upright citizens brigade and i had to look
0: it up okay well when we get to voyager you'll (laughs) learn all about tuvok and have fun with that Um, he's a dinosaur hunter right yes tuvok the dinosaur (laughs) hunter uh tuvok the kazon hunter Ba-dum-bum. You don't get that joke, but you will cape mm, bones. So yeah, and, 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 and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, uh be a little um, maudlin for a second. Uh, so turn this off if you don't want to hear. Next week we're gonna do a muck time and who mourns for Adonis, by the way. Mm. Um yeah, these fifteen episodes, you know, first season good good opportunity to, to sort of wrap around and, 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 and re examine the uh, the experiment and the show. And uh, I gotta say, Richard, I'm really excited to be doing a podcast with you again. Yeah. I didn't realize I was gonna have as much fun doing Aww. these as I have been. In, this is sweet. It, I've, I've really enjoyed this so far, and I'm I'm happy that we picked a series that has such a long history so that we can keep doing this for many years to come.
1: I'm going cry. Can we sing a little song on the way out?
0: What do you want to sing? Do,
1: <laughs> do, <laughs> <laughs> trek it's a star trek those are the words right
0: all right actually it the, the does have lyrics i
1: have heard this story
0: <laughs> all right so we'll see you next week for a muck time and who mourns for adonis